Kia ora guys, Andy here. Welcome to episode 8 of the Impact Sessions podcast. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last intro, but I'm keen to create 100 episodes for this particular podcast before I move on to any other podcasting project. Um, yeah, so thanks uh, to what Anchor is telling me is the four people who are currently listening. Thank you so much for your time um, and for your patience as I try and figure out how to do all of this. Um, but that's enough about me. I want to introduce today's guest. It's Louise Nash from Circularity. And Circularity is a circular design agency. They, so they support businesses to redesign how they do things um, with greater impact. Um, and I, I just, I totally botched up exactly what it is they do, but Louise does go over this in the podcast. Um, I named this episode an approach worth backing. And if you're after an, an idea that can actually change the world, I think this podcast has some of the seeds for it. Um, so without further ado, let's roll the intro. It's been said that social enterprises are 10 times harder to build. You're not only seeking financial sustainability, but also environmental, social and cultural sustainability. It can be a minefield. There are many social innovators taking the leap and pursuing the dream. What are the tools, experiences and mindsets that drive them? Why are they doing it and how do they stay the course? That's the job of this podcast, Impact Sessions, a podcast dedicated to unpacking the leaps of faith of social innovators and creating a resource for the next wave. I'm your host, Andy Crow. Let's get the session started. Awesome. This is, this is always the funny bit. But um, Louise, uh, so good to have you on the Impact Sessions podcast. Um, yeah, how are you today? I'm great, thanks, Andy. It's um, great to great to be here and, and um, great to hear your voice again. But also just, um, I guess, for people listening, um, and I did mention before, and we can have a laugh about it, um, the four people that are tuning in, um, yeah, who probably don't know you. Um, yeah, it'd be cool, I think, to just hear about how you got to where you are in terms of, you know, um, and how circularity as well uh, came about. Yeah, cool. So, um, oh my goodness, it's always funny when you get asked to talk about yourself and you, you think how big <laughs> is how, how big is the soundbite, you know, that, yeah. I've, that I'm allowed. And, um, you know, it's such extraordinary times that we're living in. So, you know, I definitely... I definitely feel like um, where I'm at in the, at the moment is the place that I was always meant to be and mm -hmm. that looking back on everything I've done, it led me to here. Um, so without kind of doing the full monologue-like story, <laughs> um, I, um, I have always been interested in, um, in, I guess, the economy. Um, but also the economy and how that works with communities and lives and the benefit that, that of the flows of that working. Mm -hmm. um, and like my, my family, you know, the first place I went to um, after I was born outside of hospital was to um, the market gardens in Convoy Lane in Odaho. And my grandparents um, were bought some land there after the war and they were part of one of the first food baskets of Auckland. Um, you know, a couple of hundred families living there, growing a whole mixture of things. And I think growing up on that, you know, um, spot and my parents literally moved into the garden shed with me mm. after I was born. 
And, you know, they worked two jobs and all that kind of stuff, just that working and living and the, you know, the ability to kind of work with nature and not against it, but also create a livelihood. I've always been kind of interested in those interplays. Yeah, um, you know, and like my parents needed extra income, so they walked up the road to the fish and chip shop and said, we grow potatoes. If we buy a potato chip making machine, can we sell them to you? You know, like that kind of yeah. commerce. And I really liked that. Um, and, you know, it built huge resilience for that community. And I feel like even though I don't have a lot of memories um, in that time, I have that unconscious feeling of that community growth. Um, and communities working together. So, you know, fast forward a whole bunch of time and yeah. a couple of degrees and lots of jobs and working around the world. I, you know, I found myself in, you know, in the sector of the economy that was all about how do we produce goods and how do we sell them and how do we meet changing needs, um, you know, changing requirements around food, around products, around cars, planes, all that kind of stuff. I was right in the heart of that. And, um, you know, I really, as, as a strategist in that space, I was always navigating the future and kind of going, you know, and recommending to businesses, this is where you should head. Mm -hmm. And um, it was about four years ago. And like, I, you know, I had a car accident, I had surgery, I had all these things going on in a, in a year of change because I read a book. Um, um, it was a book that made me do it. Um, Thomas Friedman wrote this book about the four accelerants happening in the world. And we were coming out of the digital transformation period where digital was just moving so fast. It felt like every day there was a new way of doing things and it was really disrupting my industry. Yeah. Um, but then as we were coming out of that one, we were coming into this era of um, this new conscious awakening um, of some people, of that we were running out of time, that this old way of doing things needed to be radically reimagined. Um, and it was like night and day, the people that were there, the people that weren't there yet. Um, and I wanted to desperately get myself into the swim lane of the people that were on that journey to radically reimagine the economy, business, impact, communities, how we're going to do this going forward into the future so that we don't kill off this or us off this planet, right? Yeah. And um, so I did this really significant pivot where literally I handed in my notice and told the people that I'd worked with for 20 years that. Um, they were on a sinking ship <laughs> and um, I was either going to help them get off that um, or I was going to go off and do it on my own and, yeah. um, you know, see you on the other side. And so I did. I went off on my own and started a Master's of Technological Futures in Auckland, which is Francis Valentine's course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, within three months, I deep dived on all the big environmental problems that we were facing, you know, what did business as usual look like? I also interviewed like, you know, leaders around the world and in New Zealand, you know, from big companies to community grassroots who were innovating, who were delivering impact. And I, I started to kind of nut out what my role might be in helping mm -hmm. accelerate that. And, I um, was due to present, the, the Masters was a bit like Dragon's Den, so kind of every, you know, you got this three-month mark and you had to get up and present what you were going to do, and 
Um, the night before I made a logo for circularity, a really bad one, not the current one, and um, said, this is what I'm going to do. And we are going to radically reimagine business as usual. And we're going to deliver extraordinary environmental impact um, in that we're going to reduce the amount of resources um, that businesses use. Um, we're going to do that by connecting in with communities and solution providers. Um, and we're going to try and create a better world that where we can all thrive. Um, you know, the animals, the plants, and us. Yeah. And yeah. So that was a bit long-winded. No, um, it, was, it was amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, I, I have the privilege of, of knowing some of that story, and um, not all of it. I didn't realize, um, you know, the car accident time. Yeah. Um, the first time I heard that. Um, but yeah, I was. I'm also curious because. Um, because one of the things that does come up, um, you know, and it's not even just for people who jump into, you know, a new space of work where you're inventing your role for, you know, the value that you're providing for other businesses. Um, but also just, I guess, the transition that you had to make from, you know, uh, even though the industry was disrupted, you know, there's probably lots of other people that would have loved you on their team. Um, what was that like transition like for your family um, from you know where you were <laughs> to to starting this new thing and and going on that that journey. Yeah, it's foresight is a really hard thing um, yeah. to to manage um, as a as a family or as you know even in my work life. Right, yeah. I mean, I you know I'm very thankful that I probably didn't convince them that they should be <laughs> doing this because you know you do have to go it alone to on that journey I think um but yeah when I made the decision to leave work I gave a month's notice and then I never forget my husband's face and I came home and you know he opened the front door and you know he just couldn't couldn't believe it you know he just wasn't there and um you know, and I didn't have any of the answers. I just knew I wanted to be different and play a different role in the world. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was, um, but I'm also very um, uh, hardworking mm -hmm. <laughs> and really committed. So the people that knew me well knew like, oh my God, you know, look at Louise over there, like, you know, the pace at which I was moving. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, you know, I'm also thankful that I've got a huge network. So, you know, I just shoulder tapped the people that I knew that would be on the same page um, and said, hey, how about this? How about that? And let's just start something together. And so there was a, a bit of that going on. And, yeah, you know, if, 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 you, if you think about impact and you, and you think about um, most impact requires systems change, which feels really daunting. But then yeah. when you're able to break down the system and go, actually, there's always people and businesses and organizations within the system that are making it work, that have better solutions. And if you connect in with them, then you create a ripple effect across the whole system. So that I sort of always had that idea. Um, yeah. and, I, and I read that out of social enterprise work, the work that Oxfam did in emerging markets. You know, they always talked about this idea of going into emerging developing markets and going into the grassroots and finding, you know, the one person or the one family that had made it work with 10 chickens, for instance. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, they studied them and worked with them. And, and I sort of had that same idea. Awesome. Yeah.
Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, amazingly. Um, oh, yes. Um, and it, oh, just, just one of the things that that sparked for me, you know, um, especially when you talk about networks, and I think quite often I've heard people say, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, mm. And But the thing that's sort of developed for me, and, and I'm not sure if, if, if you would agree with this, but um, it's also how people know you. You know, and I think you sort of alluded to that, you know, that people said, oh, there's Lou and she's doing this thing, like something's going to happen. Um, mm. And I found that, you know, um, for myself. Um, and I feel like personality wise, I shouldn't be a good networker, but somehow, I don't know, people know me as a certain, mm. in a certain way. So I can, yeah. And I think, yeah, for, for anyone listening, it's, I feel like that's a big part of, you know, of whatever thing you're trying to do is, is trying to help people know how you how they can know you and how you can help um in, in that in that sort of specific way um yeah i can i can relate andy and like i loved the evolution of you know me working you know from the state of me working for a company where my time was chargeable and my deliverables were chargeable to those companies. And there was a value of that to them. But then the shift into the state where, you know, I was genuinely able to connect with people and say, you know, my work is about helping you mm -hmm. and your business and genuinely doing that and them knowing that. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I still have that as part of my comms and working with people now. Um, and, you know, I'm so, you know, it's really heartening to see so many new different ways of operating, ways of working, ways of doing business together, you know, not just a transactional, yeah. you know, you pay for my time. Um, and so I love leading with the, you know, hey, how do we help each other? And then the rest kind of can work itself out in most cases. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, yeah, if we could go a little bit into you know like what circularity does um yeah <laughs> and then and then yeah and then and a little bit of the follow-up is like and I think you've kind of you've touched on it um because it's, it's a big part of how you arrive there and like and why it's important work um yeah and yeah yeah so um yeah so so what do you well, what does circularity do and like and then how do you guys help businesses yeah thanks Andy um so I think I'll start with the, with the problem. So when I sort of started trying to, you know, diagnose the problem um, and, you know, obviously in working with you and a bunch of other, you know, really super cool people, we talk about this idea of loving the problem mm -hmm. and that so many people drift away from it and chase, you know, the shiny toys um, before really deeply understanding it. Um, but my main, so my main thing was is, thinking about what actually was the problem in the economy and society. Why did we have these really bad environmental outcomes? The data was always there. Um, this movement's been happening for a really long time. You know, why did businesses operate um, as if that well, didn't, you know, as if they didn't know that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, was it knowledge? Did we just need to help people recycle better? You know, what was it? What was the problem and the why, why, why? And as soon as I stumbled on, on the concept of um, the shape of the economy, the linear economy that we take, 
resources that we make things and then we literally throw away you know 90% of what we buy um, and the majority of all of that goes into the earth either in, or into the ocean you know that's that's essentially the shape of the economy and how yeah. every transaction within it works and as soon as I kind of was like oh my god it, you know it's not just helping people recycle better yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know like it's yeah. not just building a website and providing information on it you know like that's not gonna cut it you know we've got 10 years to keep the planet, you know, within 1.5 and, and 2 degrees warmer. And, you know, building a website and running recycling programs is not going to get it. So that, that problem then made me think about and start to study this idea of how might the economy be shaped in line with nature where it becomes circular. And so instead of, um, you know, mining the earth for new materials, we recover materials. Instead of putting them in landfill, we repurpose and we remanufacture them. Um, and we set up business models throughout the economy and the communities and the business world and government that enables that to happen. And so that's really what the job of circularity has become. So, you know, how we describe ourselves is we are an impact-led circular design and transformation partner mm -hmm. that helps organizations unlock a better way of doing business towards a resilient and regenerative future. Um, it takes transformation to do that, but we use the principles of design thinking um, to make that um, stick, lasting, work really well from the top to the bottom of an organization to bring communities and grassroots and startups into that space and to connect scientists to those real world challenges within a business. Mm -hmm. um, so when I did the, yeah, when I did the masters, I was kind of like, okay, cool. So I've got the concept for this kind of impact led agency. I've got an idea around the kind of ways and, and where the outcomes might go. But then I felt like I needed a bit of a toolkit to work with businesses. Yeah. Um, and so I developed the circular by design methods. Um, so there's six ways that we've developed out of these interviews with businesses that are leading the way out of all the circular economy work happening around the world. Um, so if, you know, with businesses and projects, we work through the six methods um, and they shift from linear to circular system. Yeah. And I've seen... Um... Yeah, as I almost I almost wanted to not to downplay the transformation piece because yeah, um, and I think like having worked with you, I know how much you labor over, um, you know, a, a founder, a business, a team, um, getting that same like you know aha moment from that linear the shape of the economy, um, you know, and then seeing how they're seeing their businesses like on the in the shape. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, so I think, yeah, that's, you know, and then you've had these, these methods and I, I, rem I even remember our first coffee catch up and, and I laugh about it lots. It's even in my email uh, footer now, which is a, a method junkie. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, how you sort of shaped your, your work and your, your thinking around like accelerating, you know, people's thinking and, and transformation to seeing that bigger picture so that they can take action on it. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it kind of relates to your 
previous question and this idea of foresight. Yeah, you know, and and why that why we are method junkies because yeah. we establish this kind of thinking, you know, and we mull over it, but then we need to find ways like the toolkit to take others on that journey. Yes, yeah. um, and that's why methods are born, essentially. Yeah. Um, so that you, they become practices. Yeah, definitely. Oh, amazing. And I, yeah, and I think you've definitely answered that follow up around, you know, like about I mean, I I, just, I think it's it's very important work. It's it's vital. Oh work. yeah, I didn't say. Yeah, I didn't say. I think, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. Um, I think it's it's very apparent. Like it just in you know in terms of how you deliver, you know, what you guys are about, how you do it, and how you go about it. Um, and I was wondering if we took some time now to just look at um, if you could speak to some of the challenges around you know um, like business and impact and and sort of you know, growing both, um, doing both. Um, yeah, and then also if there's, yeah, so we'll, I guess we'll start with that and then I can, I can, do, I can ask a follow-up. Yeah, I, um, so I mean, operating an impact business means the two are entwined, right? And mm -hmm. I think because I've got a business and kind of innovation mindset and I also, have been very lucky enough to work in an industry where um, my work has been recognized of value, that I have confidence in that space. Yeah. Um, and I totally appreciate that probably only comes from experience, you know, and it literally came because I knew what my hourly rate was and I knew what clients paid for my work, right? And I've spent 20 years in that industry. Mm -hmm. So I feel really confident mixing business with impact and I don't, see the um you know the paradox that many others think mm -hmm. um and there in the in the environmental space specifically there have been so many people that have worked for free um and delivered astounding work that should have received payment mm -hmm. um and so i'd say definitely one of the challenges is that there's still a bit of residual thinking about that that we um you know we should be volunteering in this space and so most people working in this space do do a, a high degree of kind of pro bono and volunteering work which is obviously amazing but i also really believe in the power of commercial scalability to solve these problems um and so you know i spent a lot of time at the beginning thinking about what my business model was um, how I was going to charge, how that related to the impact, how I walked that type, you know, that, that yeah. line, um, how I reported our success, um, you know, and I'm still to kind of do all that groundwork around, you know, I've been having on my list to become a B Corp forever. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I keep thinking, oh, my God, if I could just outsource that job, which, of course, you never can um, yeah. and you wouldn't want to. But it's such a big undertaking um, because I think that's a really good place where it is brought together. Um, and then if I think about business and impact and our clients that we work with and the businesses mm -hmm. that we run with, um, you know, the, the breed of business that we're working with, they too see that entwined. So they are really comfortable flipping back and forth between delivering business results and impact results. And, you know, I am in an echo chamber in that space. I'm sure, you know, there's still a huge amount of businesses that aren't. Um, yeah. 
but they, you know, they see a real opportunity to build their legacy um, at that company to do both. So it's really good because you actually highlighted something for me that I've been noticing in my work, you know, in terms of like education technology that I hadn't been able to find like um, another example for, which is, um, and I'll, I'll go a little tangent here, which is, yeah, so for me, for me as an education technology person, um, and my kids, you know, they're four and seven, they have their own Android tablets. And I've had, you know, friends say, oh, so, you know, your kids spend all their time on their tablets. And, and the thing, the reason that grates me is that it's not a, like, I feel like it's not about um, all, it's not all or nothing. Um, and that it's not about balance either. It's about awareness. And so I think my my insight mm. I, I feel like I just picked up from you is that when you're so deep in the type of work that we do where we're trying to help others go on a journey in sort of the industries that we're in um what I picked up from, you know from what I picked up from you was that for example I feel like someone who's new to environmental impact stuff you know might be more not zealous but I would just like that, that would be the only part of the spectrum you can see you know which is like you have to change everything overnight, otherwise you're not legitimately meeting the aims of the mission, right, of saving the planet. But when you're able to feel like see more of the picture, have that sort of broader awareness where you can apply what you just did with Adidas is what I feel I sort of have to do with a teacher who struggles to see how technology fits in the classroom or with a parent who's struggling with screen time with their kid. Um, it's not about all or nothing. It's about like just, you know, having that awareness on, on what is a significant milestone, you know? So for a company as big as Adidas to make a shoe from recycled material, it's actually a, it's a way bigger shift than the, you know, the perception from outside where everything needs to be flipped overnight. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'd yeah. been working for 20 years in this industry and telling businesses um, that they need to change and that the, you know, the rate of change um, has only just happened recently. Yeah. I'd be jumping up and down too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Um, but, I, but I just, yeah, I just think there's, um, but I feel like the people who jump up and down might lose an opportunity to be in the room to even have that conversation. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And it, there's so many businesses that we get invited in before they talk to anybody else because they're not afraid to air their dirty laundry in the room, <laughs> you know, of yeah. the, you know, and we walk around the manufacturing plants um, yeah. of companies and, you know, we're invited in and this is the reality, mm. you know, and um, we get really close to what reality looks like so that we can redesign it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's so exciting. Um, I think I've got I've got two or three more questions, um, and then yeah we can we can wrap up. So, um, are there any projects um, that stand out to you that you've worked on uh, through Circularity? Yeah, I I mean definitely one this year. I had um, I got interviewed um, on live radio actually um, with Jesse Mulligan. I think about a year ago, might have been longer actually. Um, and as his wrap-up question, he said, you know, what would be your dream project? Which I thought was quite a cool question. 
And, you know, without a doubt, I didn't even need to prep that. It was like, I want to design a circular ski hill. You know, skiing and being on the mountain is a massive passion of mine. But also I love the idea that it's like a closed loop system in its own right. Um, It's a living system, you know, like the commercial realities of that business is hugely dependent on the weather, you know, the health of the hill. Um, the give back of well-being to its customers is massive and then it's got this whole kind of performance sport element so for me oh my goodness you know put all the things that I could ever possibly want into a system to redesign it and you've got it so um, you know that's what I said to Jesse and then that call got answered a few times by a few different people Um, but then a couple of people were like no we can make this happen for you we can get this connection for you and I got connected into Cadrona Triple Cone this year and during all of kind of lockdown and lots of Zoom calls and and then a final meeting in Auckland they signed on to our um, our kind of agile project management to shift them from linear to circular so um, you know, we, we essentially built a mountain living system framework for them um, and, you know, looked at all their waste streams, but also looked at, you know, transportation on the hill, looked at food and beverage procurement, everything that goes up comes has to come down. Yeah. Um, you know, they physically and almost emotionally see the impact that they have on the hill. Once the snow melts, they see every chocolate wrapper that falls out of someone's pocket while they're sitting on a ski hill and they have to walk up and down the ski hill line to pull those bits of chocolate packets out of the the rocks um so you know that was that's that was a key project for us this year um that we were just thrilled to work with that incredible team down there who were dealing with all of that during covid um and they opened and had a really successful season. So that was an awesome, awesome project. So that was probably just my big highlight. But we're, you know, we also worked with the agriculture industry to think about how circular economy principles apply to, you know, the economies of our oceans, you know, and, you know, our future food basket because of the rise of, of seafood and, and the needs um, for quality protein with a growing population. So yeah. that, that was also Typical. Amazing. Um, thank you so much, um, Louise, for your time. Um, I was just wondering. I know you said uh, you know you, you don't you can't just pick this all up from a PDF on a website, but I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering uh, if there was an idea, a book, um, or a resource um, for someone who was like was new to circular design, and you know to sort of whip their appetite, uh, you know, get the goosebumps going. Um, is there something you'd send them? Um, yeah, well, I mean, my initial to, to go to um, resources when I studied this was the Alan MacArthur Foundation. Yeah. Um, and then IDEO's Circular Design Guide. Um, but I'd probably add to that some sort of um, book on, on disruption and volatility. Um, so I mentioned, because, because I think, we're, you know, you, you need to be thinking about why we need to do circular design or why we need to, you know, design mm. things to be better. And so I think you kind of need to get in, into your head around the, um, 
the disruptive forces that are at play at the moment and how the environment is right at the center of that. Um, and so I think Thomas Friedman's book on Thank You for Being Late, The Guide to the Age of Acceleration is really, really good for that. Um, and I literally have got you know, bookmarks all the way through it that I still go back and read paragraphs three years later. Um, and then equally, the other one um, that I would add to that is, um, I and those people that know me will be very surprised by this, um, but I loved the book Legacy about the All Blacks journey. And um, it was written by a really well-known um, New Zealand journalist who I've just completely forgotten his name, but if you Google Legacy and the All Blacks story, um, and it talked about the, the, the management style and the process that they, they implemented to turn that team around. Um, and they, because the All Blacks obviously a world-class team, they threw everything at it. And they talked about adaption um, and personal responsibility and the shifts that occurred in there. And again, like this idea of kind of the disruptive forces at play, I think, you know, if you're thinking about generating impact or creating impact in the world, at the end of the day, the world is made up of people that can create impact. So if you have an understanding around how to take teams, you know, organizations on that journey, legacy is a really good example of that. Amazing. Um, oh, I got one more here. Uh, where can people find out more about uh, Secularity or follow along on, on some of the stuff that you're up to? Yeah, so um, we've got a website, circularity.co.nz, which is one of those um, founder-based websites that you kind of make your own and then you tweak along the way and yeah. hope <laughs> that you might get someone to go back to it. Um, but we have thrown a lot of work into our X-Labs website. Right. So um, obviously we did that project with you, Andy, but it was New Zealand's first circular economy lab. So at xlabs.nz, you'll see a whole bunch of stories of businesses transforming, of um, some amazing collaborative partners that were in there, and you'll see some good photos of Andy um, and some okay ones of me. And um, yeah, that would be a great place to check out. If you really want to understand what, what circular practices look like in the real world, yeah. those stories will tell you that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lou. Hey, yeah, no worries. It's my pleasure. It's a process, eh? So even, it definitely is, yeah. you know, doing these chats is, um, you know, with people as awesome as you, you kind of, it's part of the process, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, yeah, and I, I was, I'm, I'm really stoked. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel selfish, but yeah, inside that, you know, when you're working with, you know, and you mentioned a lot, so you, you're, you're actually working with people, you're working with teams, and I think, you know, before that, inside of being able to be aware of the spectrum, you know, of the industry that you're working in, um, yeah, it's actually just empathy, which is a big part of the work. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for, um, for everything that you're doing um at the moment for new zealand businesses and i'm sure not too long uh, some global some global clients um, <laughs> yeah um thank you